Welcome to episode nine of Utah Lake Update. And I am here with the OG of the podcast tonight <laughs> with Craig Christensen. So good to be here. So Happy good. to have you back. And also Ben Abbott, our yeah. guest star, um, who's Hi, been Carolyn. on multiple episodes of our podcast. And we're excited to be together again tonight. It, it is good it to be together. Good. We yeah. are one year into this podcast. I know, it's amazing. I can't believe it's been just a year that you know we kicked this off and started really rallying around Utah Lake as a cause. Um, none of us wanted to see islands in the middle of the lake. And a year later, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. And you know, it wasn't just islands in the middle of the lake. It was also the way those islands were getting there. And just like, don't we have a voice as citizens? I mean, what happened? So it was, it was also just the outrage at this being shoved down your throat. Yeah. Well, I thought it'd be fun to look back on some of the milestones from the past year. You know, as we've done the podcast this year, we've had a lot of opportunity to go deep on things as they unfolded, but it's kind of fun to step back and look a year ago, where were we and what did we accomplish al along the way? Great idea. So you guys go with me on Love that it. journey? Love it. Love it. Let's do okay. it. About a year ago, we were getting ready for the first Utah Lake Summit. Do you guys remember <laughs> that? So we had been talking to Representative Kevin Stratton, um, who happens to be the representative for all three of us because yes. of where we live in Provo. Yeah, he was our representative. And, you know, Conserve Utah Valley had met Ben, and Ben was getting us up to speed on all of the issues around the lake. And a, a friend of ours all said, you know, you should really check in with Representative Stratton. So we, we sat down with Representative Stratton and started talking to him about our concerns. And one of the big things we noticed was that so many people didn't understand what was happening with yes. the lake. And so the idea of the summits came about. It was to understand the lake. It was also to build a, a voice. This whole issue is moving like a freight train. Mm -hmm. You know, like nothing's going to stop it. This is in the bag. And you just got that feeling of just everyone got slimed in the process. And, and shouldn't we be able to speak up? And so it was a, just such a success in terms of having people show up, participate, and then what that kicked off uh, for the next year was really remarkable. All in short notice, right? Yes. I mean, this started with um, just several everyday citizens coming yes. together and saying, there's an issue, we don't like where it's going, but more importantly, as you mentioned, Craig, th the process isn't right. Yes. Right? It didn't go through the right channels, and we were worried about getting the auditorium filled or even finding a venue, and then it was... It was packed. It was packed. There's even was an owl, owl there in the back <laughs> in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time you turn around. Yes. So good. We also had another kind of interesting wrinkle to the summit, Ben. Yes, I mean, we did. Such a fun day. Ben was the That's wrinkle, a, wasn't that, he? That is a day I'll, I'll <laughs> always remember. Yeah, January 13th. And got a call from my wife. Uh, I was at work and she said, hey, somebody just dropped off a manila envelope. And uh, it's a lawsuit for... A million dollars. We didn't. Even, we thought it was just for a million. Found out when we read the news, it was for three million. <laughs> <laughs> they had it dropped off the day of this yeah. public event, right? Where I was going to be speaking uh, about the lake and its recovery as a really overt, kind of heavy-handed yeah. threat. Oh, so heavy-handed! Just to think that we were there to have public discussion, and then to have that kind of manipulation going on again. It just felt slimy. 
And I think everyone who knew what was happening just felt like, no, we're not, we're not sitting down for this. Yeah. This isn't right. I mean, it, it, it's interesting too. And my, my perspective has changed over the last year, but n- now looking back, I see that it was an act of desperation, yes. right? They realized that people were starting to see what was going on. And yeah. so after the summit, I, I went and talked to him and said, Hey, I got, I got your care package and we, we could, uh, we could talk through this like adults if you want. I've wanted to talk with you for a long time. Uh, and they said, well, you know, who, you know, who to, who to contact about that yeah. referring to their attorney. And so went on from there. A care package like no other, <laughs> but you know, it's interesting because we look back at that and it was such a terrible moment for you and your family, right. To be under that kind of pressure. But I yeah. felt like it was the gift that kept on giving <laughs> personally, yeah. right? I mean, it really gave us something to rally around um, as far as helping people understand the impact of this, right? Not only was the lake at danger, but the public's ability to participate in the process yeah. was being put under fire. Well, and, and the generous response as a result of that to cover legal fees. Yeah. And again, people saw right through it. And so it really was a galvanizing issue. I don't think that's yeah. what they were intending, yeah. but it was a galvanizing issue in terms of people, again, speaking up and, and putting out money to say, we're in. We, yeah. we, we don't agree that people should be silenced this way. As violent and desperate as their act was, it doesn't even compare to the generosity and solidarity of, yeah. of our community. Yeah. I mean, no, it completely was over- overwhelmed it. And yeah. yeah, it was honestly the announcement of the lawsuit that instigated the petition that we were able to, I think by now it's over 15,000 signatures. And it's incredible how, you know, Ben, your voice was so important in kind of leading the charge on getting people to look at this issue differently and paying attention to what the impact would be. But as soon as we had this kind of critical mass of people paying attention, willing to sign their name on a paper. Yeah. I mean, I remember us talking about the petition when we first put up the website. Well, tell us a little bit about the petition, what it is, for those who don't yeah, remember. Yeah, sorry. We, right as we were getting ready for the legislative session and just before the Utah Lake Summit, we decided to put out a petition to right. get people to sign up to say they would like to see the Utah Lake Amendments. It's so confusing when you start talking about bill numbers, but Utah Lake <laughs> Amendments from 2018, we wanted to see that repealed. Right. So that's what the petition was for. And, you know, I remember all of us sitting around going, should we do a petition? Does that even matter? Does does anybody even pay attention? And we thought, well, Mm -hmm. if we could at least get, you know, like 2,000 signatures, maybe people would pay attention. Several hundred would be great. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Over the course of like 32 hours, we made a new website, which some of us don't know how to do. And (laughs) (laughs) now we do. And, you know, started this act of getting the petitions. And as soon as the suit was served to you and we were able to come out and be like, no, no, this is not only is it the lake issue, but now it's also... Yeah, it exploded. Free speech. And, yeah. and free speech. You know, very quickly we were over 10,000 signatures. And it was really impactful, right? As soon as we were able to show that packet of signatures to legislators, it was suddenly yes. like, oh, oh, people are paying attention. Yeah. We can't, now we can't get this wrong. Yes. So we left Utah Lake Summit and just kind of started on this steady march of, you know, getting through the legislative session, trying to repeal the Utah Lake Amendments. And what ended up happening is Representative Stratton, you know, he came to us with a really measured response to us saying we want to repeal. And frankly, we were all really worried about it, right? I mean, Representative Stratton said, you know, maybe repeal is not the way to go, guys. Let's look at the, how the law was written and let's see if we can improve 
it. And he did remind us several times he was one of the only people who voted against it the first time around. <laughs> <laughs> Republican and Democrat, right? Yes. I mean, this this went under the yeah. radar. Yeah. And he voted against it for a good reason, and I think he was happy to have the opportunity to fix legislation that he didn't really think should have passed to begin with, right? And and so his focus, Craig, you spoke with well, him quite a lot about and, it. And the challenge was we're just beginning our relationship with uh, Representative Stratton. We didn't know... Look, are, are we being spun here? Is this mm-hmm. is this the right thing to do? We felt like go for repeal, and he was no. Let's actually go for you know transparency and fiscal soundness mm-hmm. and constitutional approach. And that just sounded so boring. You know, <laughs> we, we want to know rip and replace. That's what yeah. we want. In the uh, committee, uh, he took a very measured approach. Turned out to be such a wise uh, approach. And it's also one of the things, you know, at, at Conserve Utah Valley, we value not being a bomb thrower. We value taking measured approaches. We want to include people. We're not looking to be extremists. We, we're looking to include people in the conversation and to build coalitions and make change that way. It was difficult just navigating that. And wow, looking back, man, that was a, that was a good call. The bill passed, right? And yes. it passed basically unanimously in the end. The point that's important, I think, is it barely made it out of committee. So if we had, that's right. you know, if we had been adversarial and said, no, we know better than you what needs to be done and how it needs to be done. It, it, it would have it, been too polarizing. Yeah, it wouldn't have gotten out of committee. It never would have passed. And so th- there's this idea of, of trust and relationship yes. and collaboration that's so important, which is hard, right? I mean, People are feeling really isolated and suspicious, and it, it, it's hard to make progress like yeah. that. And that's that's one of the things, looking back, that I really take away from this. Yes. When you see True. a problem, come together, talk about it. Uh, don't be a bomb thrower, but also be a, be a truth speaker, right? Say yeah. what you see and um, work together. So Representative Stratton, was he was just spot on there. I totally agree. So we left the legislative session knowing that we got that passed, but not really knowing what that would mean. And, you know, fast forward several months, there was a lot that happened between the end of legislative session and October, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, including the whole rally at the Capitol. Yes, we had a rally at the Capitol. Closest friends. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So many good things, right? And a lot of coming together. And one of the, I think, most incredible things that happened in that period of time was so many people engaged with the lake. Yes. So people who just really hadn't been down to the lake in years suddenly turned out for Utah Lake Shoreline cleanups. They went and toured Wakara Way. They went sailing on sailboats on Utah Lake. Yeah. Like a lot of engagement with the lake. And now I think we're in a much better state today where people actually really yeah. are starting to understand the lake. Yeah. I saw just hundreds of posts of people sharing a photo or a video of Utah Lake and then comments underneath, where, where, where is that? You know, that's right here in our community. Oh my gosh, how do you get there, right? That started to build. Yeah, which is an exciting place to be today. So lots of other things have happened and I want to get to two important things before we're kind of done with our episode. One, I know people are kind of dying to hear your update, Ben, on the lawsuit because it's such an interesting You got to give us the dirt. Yeah, Yeah, so because let me just go back to when you first got that. Every one of us there that night thought, and we're probably going to be served as well. All of yeah. us who are helping to arrange that. Yeah. Because, and we had no idea that we weren't. And so we shared your pain. Yeah. I mean, that was dark. Yeah. That was dark. And 
to have it come full circle. Um, yeah, you, you got to unpack that for us a little bit. So the, I mean, the, the most difficult time was certainly right after the lawsuit yes. was served and there was so much uncertainty. Who's going to represent me? Um, ended up getting connected with two really good pro bono attorneys, Whit Krog and Adam Alba from Ray Quinney Nebaker and, and, uh, MCG. And, um, they, started putting together our case, realized that this was this thing was uh, frivolous from the very beginning. There was a whole series of legal back and forths over the spring, summer, and even into the fall, including, yeah. I think, CUV got subpoenaed, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but before you get to the to the legal proceedings, I mean, how did you deal with that? Because it's one yeah. thing to be sued. It's another thing to think, okay, $3 million. That, maybe yeah. you've got that in your bank as a professor. I know how <laughs> well you guys are paid. That's but, right. I mean, just the, the personal aspect of that. Yeah. You know, um, I just feel like I have to share a little bit of, of my personal faith because there was a feeling from the beginning that things were going to be okay. And the fact that so many people, I mean, hundreds of people that I did not know then, and many who I still have not met yet, reached out and contributed. Uh, sometimes it was just a message of solidarity. Other times it was putting money on the line and saying, hey, we're going to help you get through this. And that I feel like it's our lawsuit as a community and yeah. that there's no way that I could have done this. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I hate conflict. I sometimes like <laughs> have to have a PTSD <laughs> session after having a hard phone call. <laughs> but then with this lawsuit, it was just like that yes. power and strength was there. And many of the people that will listen to this are those people yes. that got us through this. You were an inspiration to all of us who were... We're just uh, feeling the pain that you were going through. But you've you got to finish this so, story yeah, in terms of... Back and forth, they they fought tooth and nail to keep all of their documents out of the public eye. Right? This is, And I've learned since that's kind of their MO on other lawsuits that they've engaged in. Uh, but they had to eventually turn over documents. We were able to put the case together and demonstrate that the things that I had said were true. And in fact, that they knew that they were true, even when they sued me. Right? So it's not... <laughs> That was actually one of the hardest parts because I still, I believe that almost everybody is trying to do the right thing. Right. You know, they might have a different view. But, and so that was, that was really hard to see that they had intentionally inflicted this harm on me and my family. The, the bright side was we were doing this together. You know, my, my lawyers and I could laugh and then the broader community, whenever one of these things would come out, uh, it was mm. really, really encouraging. Back and forth, finally um, had hearings in November, December, January, yeah. I guess it was January, a couple before the year and then, and then two in January. And the judge threw out all of their claims and um, acknowledged that they have to pay attorney's fees and ended up in a really good place. So we're still waiting for a couple of the final things to be re resolved, but otherwise it's, it's all good. That feels kind of anticlimactic for how <laughs> long it was. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, in reality, yeah. you're, you're kind of in a place where essentially the judges ruled in your favor on almost every single point, correct? Yeah. There's You're absolutely over. a chance that they pushed this to a, a trial. So the, the judge ruled on everything that she could, uh, but made a procedural decision that on the matter of their intent, why did they bring this lawsuit against me? She said, that's a matter of, of fact rather than law. So that has to be decided by an, uh, a jury. And so there is a chance that that goes to trial unless LRS comes and tries to settle. So we'll know maybe over the next few weeks. I still, all of the legal stuff's above oh. my head, still kind of learning. <laughs> but, but such vindication. Such vindication. Yeah, you know, um, one of our mutual friends, uh, Brigham Daniels, told me, don't look for closure in a court of law. 
right? Like usually mm. it's very unsatisfying. And, um, but in this case, it, I was surprised at how emotional I was when the judge said, look, citizens have a right to participate in the process. And she kept on asking them, so when would it have been appropriate under your interpretation for Dr. Abbott to bring up his criticisms, right? Because they were saying there was no pending decision before the legislature, so this wasn't participation in government. And I was like, wait, what in the world? She said, well, your project has since been rejected. When did it go from not pending to rejected? And they they never gave a satisfactory answer. So she was really there. um, Her name is uh, Judge Laura Scott, extremely objective and rigorous. But she gave them a, a lecture on, look, we live in a free country that values freedom, free speech. Free speech. Uh, it's a constitutional right. You can't do this kind of thing without consequences. And, and that, that's um, a message that I hope all of the participants in this process go away with. Do not be afraid of somebody treating you like this. You know, we will work together if that happens to anybody else. The, the system depends on all of us participating. Absolutely. And what can be accomplished when everybody participates is actually really dramatic. Yeah. I think, you know, we were kind of reminiscing earlier, Ben, and you mentioned some folks who have been through a lot of these types of situations, meaning the legislation that needed to pass, the, you know, concern that we had about the project, looked at this and thought, okay, that's going to take you guys five years to get to a meaningful outcome on this. It's just going to take a long time. But here we sit one year later, and we actually had a really speedy resolution to a trial (laughs) or to your lawsuit. And the rejection of the project. The rejection of the project in October. So I think, you know, that's actually pretty encouraging um, to think that if you do bring a good group of people together that really care, you do not need institutional backing. Yeah. They were holding all of the cards, right? They had all the connections, all the resources. I I think it's helpful because at the beginning of this, we were feeling like, there's no way you win. It, everything's stacked against you. And just individuals, so many individuals, everyone doing a little bit, uh, some more than others. Uh, ben, I point to you. Uh, you were uh, making such uh, tremendous contributions. But just demonstrating that people getting together do have a say. Yeah. It does matter. We do need to speak up. We yeah. cannot stay quiet about these things. And this is a great example I mean, the reason this has turned out so well, I believe, is there was such tremendous response. And I think you're right. The, uh, the terrible thing that happened to you, Ben, catalyzed so many people who I don't think would have had the courage to stand up. But I think everyone felt like this isn't right. I don't yeah. want this to happen to me. So I'm going to make sure I speak up. Yeah. You know, the describing stratification in the lake and eutrophication <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like people don't hold Woo! up the, the bands. Yeah, there right? you go. But th- this was, a, this was a really clear story yes. and they, g- they gave us that, that gift. Yeah. You know, we could talk about the intricacies of the law for a <laughs> long time, but what I'd love to kind of turn our attention to now is kind of what's next for Utah Lake, because, you know, even though we are in a good place with the Island Project today, you know, what comes next? What are we needing to pay attention to now? What can people do to stay engaged and stay yeah. really relevant and watchful about what happens with our watershed is a, is a good way to look at it because that includes Utah Lake and the Great Salt Lake. Yeah. 
I think one of the most important things is there's a new entity that soon will be taking control of Utah Lake management. That's the Utah Lake Authority. And this is a time of transition where it's really important to be supportive and involved uh, in that process. And so if you go to utahlake.org, that's their official website, and you can find when their meetings are. They'll soon be sharing a comprehensive management plan explaining what are the next steps as far as the ecological restoration of the lake, expansion of recreational access, and, and lots of positive things. Uh, and that's only going to benefit from, from citizen involvement. Yeah. In fact, the, uh, the citizen involvement, again, we've learned that lesson. I like the way you said it, Carolyn. We're okay today. I have no doubt that tomorrow <laughs> some other harebrained idea is going to come up. Um, yeah. And we could, uh, we could make money coming, you know, guessing but we need to stay vigilant. We yeah. need to stay involved. And this lake, this body of water is just too important for us not to give it our very best. Well, I, I have to think that the series of proposals that Conserve Utah Valley has been very involved in happened for a reason. I think it is, it's a wake-up call for all of us. Our, our valley is changing really rapidly. And it's really important. I mean, you can get lost in your neighborhood and feel like, oh, everything's fine right here. But uh, we really need to be watching whether it's a causeway across Utah Lake or destruction of wetlands or continued overuse of water. These are things that we've got to be thinking about for the present day and also for the future. Yeah. So in the near future, we have a few things we're watching in the legislative session. So one of those things in particular, I think we're expecting that Representative Brammer will run a cleanup bill for the Utah Lake Authority. Um, I think we're thinking that we'll see some expanded um, representation of the bordering cities on the Utah Lake Authority, yes. which would be phenomenal. Yeah. Not sure what else might be in that bill, but that's one that Conserve Utah Valley in particular will be watching for that. I think we would really encourage everyone to watch for that one. It's just important to know how that body is going to govern and you know, be aware of you know, how it functions. Anything happening around Great Salt Lake that we should be aware of? Because, I mean, Utah Lake, Great Salt Lake, they're sisters. Yeah. Are, they, are they connected? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> big surprise. Okay. They're go. both in Utah. It's, 20, <laughs> it's 2023, and we've just learned. They are connected. <laughs> they are connected. You guys, that's another place where we're better, right? There's unfortunately been a lot of divisiveness between Utah County and Salt Lake County, and I feel like that is softening. Right? We've got friends now over there, and we, we've got to work together. And what's exciting is, as more water is given to Great Salt Lake, this is going to be hugely beneficial for Utah Lake. One of its chronic issues is not enough water. And so I would highly expect there to be uh, big improvements in lake water quality and wildlife habitat uh, over the next few years, but only if we get water to Great Salt Lake. And so there continues to be proposals to cut down all the trees rather than conserve water or uh, let's pump saline groundwater with nuclear power plants and put that in the lake, right? No, no, we need to be focused on conservation. We have plenty of water if we use it wisely. Use it wisely. And so it really will make a difference. There are a bunch of bills that are in play. The Great Salt Lake Audubon has an excellent legislative update that they release each week. So if you want to get into the weeds and know actual bill numbers, it's not only bills, it's appropriations. And the appropriations are actually harder to track because they're hundreds of lines of individual things. And so it really could make a big difference if you call or email your legislator and say, I'm really concerned about Great Salt Lake. Let's get more water. We put together a report last month at gsl.byu.edu just on how dire the situation is, but also the huge improvements we have, uh, the huge opportunity we have for conservation. That's great. Well, as we come together a year later, wow, what a year. 
again, I'm just so encouraged by the people who are willing to participate and who have who have engaged that have never been a part of yeah. something as crazy as making sure we don't kill the lake. It's really been encouraging. And to cut you off, that's where the strength came from. Yes. The yeah. fact that un, an unlikely coalition came together of <laughs> stay-at-home parents and people with three jobs and uh, from all backgrounds, yes. right? And, and we heard that specifically from the legislature. It yeah. wasn't just the usual suspects complaining about stuff. This was the community being really clear in yeah. what they wanted. And the good news is we're just getting started in terms of organizing. Yeah. It's part of what Conserve Utah Valley is all about. We want to get everybody a part of this yep. uh, conversation and build a coalition of people who care. And that's what's going to create change. Yeah. I think we're well on our way a year later and, yeah, and feels good. seeing a lot of momentum there. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this um, update. And one last shout out I want to give. The podcast would not be possible without Katie Knight. That's who's for here sure. producing thank for you, us. Thank you, thank you. That's here for Katie. Yep. <laughs> so really appreciate you, all of our sure. volunteers, um, in this specific case, Katie. But there's a whole host of people who are behind the scenes um, at Conserve Utah Valley making a huge difference all the time. All right. Thanks, Until everybody. Thanks. See you. Bye.